Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know, because I learned the hard way. And now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Greetings, everyone. Greetings, greetings, greetings. It is your girl, Linda Talaferro. Yes, and it is that time of the week. Being Brown at Work Live. Yes, my favorite time of the week. And I am really, really looking forward to this discussion, this topic that I'm going to share with you. It's one that's been around, um, unfortunately, for quite some time, but I really wanted to give it some attention in this live for two reasons. One, to help those that are doing this and may not understand what they're doing. So to educate and to help them stop doing it. And for those of us who encounter it, unfortunately, on a somewhat regular basis, and to also give you some tips on how to manage it. Uh, Because until we do some of the things I'm going to share, it's not going to go away. So my goal with this live is to really educate, help mitigate, but most importantly, make sure that Black and brown women come out on the other side of this barrage of this particular situation healthy. So, you know, how to handle feedback when it's clearly a microaggression. You hear me say often that feedback is a powerful tool. And I truly believe that. Nothing about what I'm going to talk about in this live changes that perspective. Because I believe when you know how other people see you, view you, when they share with you their experiences with you, that gives you the information knowledge, which is power, to shift the narrative, to rewrite it in the way that truly represents who you are. So I believe feedback is powerful. I don't shy away from it ever. And I highly recommend that you don't shy away from it either. But when it becomes a microaggression, more often than it becomes constructive feedback or criticism of which you can use and leverage, you've got to handle it. You've got to address it. And we've got to make sure that we protect ourselves from it. I read an article. I want to share pieces of this because I thought the article was brilliant. There was pieces of this that clearly I resonated with. I know you will as well that I want to share uh, because it was her words, not mine, but I thought they were so well put that I wanted to put them in here. So there's an article written by Kayla Sims, and she just wrote this a few months ago, February 27th uh, of this year. One of the lines she has in here, the only thing worse 
than feeling invisible in the workplace is feeling seen, judged for the wrong reasons. When I read that, I thought, that's exactly, that's exactly what a microaggression feels like. I mean, we're already sometimes invisible. You know, we already are assumed we're not the leader when we are the leader in the room. There are a lot of other things that happen that create this aspect of invisibility when it has when it comes to us, the fact that we are invisible when it comes to us in the room. But then <laughs> when you flip that and you're seeing you're not invisible anymore, which you know, sometimes we would wish we are actually, rather than being seen or judged for the wrong reasons. And that's clearly what a microaggression is. It's people assuming stereotypes, applying them, which are wrong, right, to you as a black and brown woman in the workplace. You can take microaggressions and really boil them down. You know, according to a study in Teachers College, Columbia University, which Kayla put in her article as well, you can really subcategorize microaggressions into assaults, insults, and invalidations. So microassaults, microinsults, and microinvalidations. Those are how they actually land on us. And I have to say that I believe, and it is has been from my experience, that nine times out of 10, that is not the intent, right? It's not the intent, nine times out of 10. When you do actually take one of the steps I'm going to recognize and you delve into it when it happens, you'll find that the person nine times out of 10 wasn't even aware. It's because they don't understand the experience or how it lands or what it rises up in us, right? And so that's what I want to share in this live, in this episode of Bringing Brown at Work Live. So, you know, I, I had a client urgent call this week because her boss, which is new in her role, decided to chastise her. And in the process of chastising her was a slew of microaggressions. And even before, and the boss now has been in the role one month, right? But even before the chastisement took place, how the boss introduced herself to my client was this. Oh my gosh, your hair. Oh, wow. How do you get your hair to look like that? No, actually, that is how she approached her. Then, it, you know, my, my client explained it thought it was dead. Oh, well, my gosh, are you going to wear it like that tomorrow? Or how many styles are you going to do it in? It, it kept going on and on to the point that every day my client was seen by her boss when they would go into the office. Her boss said, oh my gosh, there's new hairstyle today. Wow. <laughs> Microaggression. What's with the hair? Focus, right? how that lands on us. I am sure she thought she was finding something to compliment, finding something to connect, not how we receive it. Or I've gotten both of these that I'm going to share with you. I, I've gotten it religiously. Oh my gosh, you're so articulate. Oh, wow. You ex- presented so well. As if to infer that 
I shouldn't be so articulate or I shouldn't have a depth of vocabulary or I shouldn't be able to structure sentences, right? Here's one that I get. I'm in an industry, automotive industry, been in it for over 30 years, 35 years or so. And I have gotten this religiously. It doesn't go away. I don't think it's going to ever go away. And that's okay. Because I use some of the tactics and tools that I'm going to share with you today in order to deal with it. You're being too aggressive. Linda, you're just, you know, you're aggressive. When actually, I'm just being direct. I'm being assertive exactly like all of my male counterparts are being. Speaking with authority, speaking truth to power, speaking confidently, right? But because of what I look like, ah, that's aggressive. You really need to dial that back some. People really not sure how to approach or work with you. Now, I am the most approachable people-oriented person. But when the time presents itself, when it's necessary, I can be direct. I can be assertive. And in my roles that I've had in the automotive industry or in manufacturing, times require that, especially when you're leading a team of individuals or you're leading a major initiative. But I've gotten that, right? Microaggression. And I will tell you, there's been times when those things have happened, whether it's during, like right now, this is a popular time of the year, you know, mid year performance reviews. And we're getting that feedback, right? That I told you that is so important. My client, that's how she was experiencing the chastisement during this mid year. I too have experienced it in the past performance reviews, uh, pulling myself, pulling somebody, pulling me aside after a meeting. And so, you know, you get that, it lands on you and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Okay. And just like my client shared with me, became very emotional about it. I could, before I actually saw them, I could hear it in her, in her speech and I could see it in her eyes. And the reason is because we work so hard to be seen and judged for all the right reasons. That when we're seen and judged for the wrong reasons, it's extremely frustrating and it can be debilitating. And as she shared with me, it's starting to create her imposter syndrome. You know, am I really worthy of the role or the seat that I have? Should I aspire for more? Absolutely, you should. Absolutely, you should. So what I want to now focus on is how do you deal with it, right? How do you deal with it? Because it truly is a skill. Maybe I would venture to say an art because it takes fortitude. It takes resilience. It takes the ability to swallow, suck, and just center yourself before you take some of those steps and implement some of the things I'm going to recommend to you. So in order to do some of those steps, initially, what I would highly recommend 
before you delve in to confronting the microaggression, find an accountability partner, find someone either in the workplace, a good girlfriend, a good dear friend, whoever, a mentor, a coach that you can connect with and just like my client did when she reached out and said, hey, I know last minute, can we get on a Zoom call? She needed to decompress and she needed to do it in a safe environment, which was with me, her coach, right? So find that, find that person, your person, those people, right? Establish that for yourself. Then make sure that you constantly, whatever it is in your repertoire that you need to do, whatever it is, I don't know how you do it, but whatever works for you, recognize how it landed on you, recognize how it made you feel, and do not diminish it. Do not. If it takes you taking a walk for a few minutes, if you happen to be back in the office, if it takes you shutting down your team's camera, whatever it takes, take that time to sit in those emotions because I will tell you what could naturally come is that you start to reflect and it starts to become inward and you start to think you're the issue, you're the problem, then that becomes completely unhealthy because you're not to blame. And there is nothing wrong with how you're feeling. It's absolutely natural. So recognize it, own it, right? And if you have to do it with your coach, your mentor, your person in that safe space, do that. Give yourself that grace. Give yourself that time to feel it. Then once you've done it, here's some of the work, right? This is the art. This is the skill. So somebody says to you something that um, lands on you and it's and it's a, a, a microaggression and you may react and say, you know, um, that really troubled me. And they're like, well, why? You know, why? Why? Explain how it felt, right? Explain how you experienced it. There's no way you can tell what their intent is. Don't assume that there was ill intent, right? Because you can't, you don't know. Until you share with them, you know, I'm sure maybe you meant that to be a compliment that I'm, you know, very articulate, but let me help you understand why that didn't, that didn't land on me very well. It didn't make me feel I didn't feel the compliment. It didn't resonate with me as a compliment. And explain it. Educate. Take the time to call it out. Do it in a constructive manner and educate. Anytime these things come your way, take the time you need to do exactly what I just shared with you. First, center yourself. Recognize how it landed, own it, don't dismiss it. Know your value and worth, which is why your people, your you know, safe space, your mentor, your coach will remind you of that. And then the only way that we can 
start to remove these microaggressions. I won't say the only way, one of the ways, because the system also needs to change. Leaders need to be held accountable. There should be some education around microaggressions. I know earlier this year, I taught a class through a council and some of the information I shared, because it was an emotional intelligence class, some of the information I shared was around the microaggression piece. So whenever I have an opportunity to fold it in to the workshops I'm doing or in the speaking events, if it's around education, I make sure I do that because it's so important. So training needs to take place with our with people in leadership positions for sure. Systemic changes need to happen. While that's happening, which is going to make this Titanic, you know, it, the, the move away from the iceberg and we know what happened there. But if we're going to try to avoid that iceberg, it's going to additionally take for you to take the opportunity when it happens to you to educate, to call it out, to explain why it didn't land well and what probably could have been said instead of what was said. We really want to be in control of shifting this landscape. So as Kayla shared in her writing, we want to be seen. Definitely. We want to be judged. I mean, we all are in the workplace, performance reviews, everything. But for all the right reasons, all the right reasons. Look, if you're dealing with, you know, microaggressions on a regular basis in your workplace or from your manager, it's part of the feedback process and you constantly get it and you are really struggling, you need more intimate um, a direct assistance, I'd be happy to, you know, shoot me a DM, put some comments in uh, on this live, wherever you're seeing it, if you're catching it on the replay, send me an email. Uh, I'd love to help you with your specific situation. I will tell you, of course, I mean, I've said I've dealt with them for years. Doesn't mean they feel any better each time it happens. I mean, it really doesn't, right? But I have found a way to mitigate, reduce that impact such that I don't carry it around. It's not, it's not, it doesn't create a, an unhealthy situation for me. And I've created a mechanism which I can leverage it and turn it into something that's more positive going forward for the individual that shared it. And for me as well, I would love to share those tools with you in, in order to help you do the same. Okay. I'm so glad we had an opportunity. I'm so glad I had an opportunity to share um, my thoughts on this, this fact of what happens, unfortunately, on such a regular basis. But I am, you guys that follow me all the time know that I am a glass half full person, positive thinker. And I know that we can create an environment where we are seen and judged for all the excellent right reasons. Until next time. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.